When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wondering what's next in your business or personal life? Welcome to Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings, a podcast dedicated to helping you with all of life's challenges, discoveries, and opportunities. Whether you're seeking a new career, retirement, or simply wanting to make an impact in your community or the world, join Jen Duplessis and her guests as they explore how to start, what to do when you're in the thick of a change or growth, and how to leave a mark in this world after breaking through your next achievement. You are moments away from the aha you've been seeking. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to this episode. This is Jen Duplessis. I am delighted today to introduce you to our speaker, Donna Campbell. And I had the wonderful privilege, if I could say that word, privilege of speaking with her at a virtual summit called the Confident Women's Summit. And oh my gosh, there must have been 70 speakers. (laughs) I don't know how many speakers were on that summit. It was a long one. But I had the pleasure of listening to her speak and immediately reached out to her and said, hey, I'd really, really like to have you on my podcast because what you speak about is everything that we talk about here at Success to Significance Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceiling. So Donna, welcome to our show. And thank you so much for having me here, Jen. It's a pleasure and an honor. Thank you. Thank you. So we're going to dig right in. You know, I know that you are an author as well, and your book is called Financially Fit. And people who hear that name financially fit are immediately going to think, oh, you must be a financial advisor. You must be in the financial services industry, but there's some transitioning that's going on with you. So share with us a little bit about what you're up to right now and how you're transitioning into what you're doing full-time. Okay. So thinking that I'm a financial advisor is not too far off. Mm -hmm. I'm not, but I used to be. So I was a financial advisor and a managing principal of an investment firm, and I was responsible for $500 million of other people's money. So that amount of stress, the worry, the pressure, it broke down my own health. And after spending a couple of years with the medical community, doctors weren't able to figure out what was wrong. So I turned to natural healing and uncovered that I couldn't digest food and that there was something in the outside world that I could not digest emotionally, which is why I couldn't digest food physically inside of me. And that was my first connection to natural healing and the mind body connection to who we are with energy, with our emotions and our feelings and the impact that it has on our lives. Yeah, that's really cool. And, you know, I have a client, actually, she's been on this podcast too. She's one of the first people on this podcast. Her name is Arwen, and I can't remember her last name right now, but she's a financial advisor. And one of the things that she says is that entrepreneurs, everybody, everybody, doesn't matter who you are. If you work, (laughs) this happens to you. You sacrifice your health to obtain wealth. And then later you sacrifice your wealth to keep your health, right? Yes. You do. And you end up balancing out and going, why am I working then? Because I'm not achieving what I want to do. So imagine you came to that conclusion. So step us back in time when you came to that conclusion, you know, 
you were obviously under stress. And I, I'm very familiar with that type of stress because I was in the financial services industry as well. And so you had all that stress, but was there a tipping point, a moment you said, I've had enough. I can't do it anymore. I'm done. I'm yeah. over it. Yes. And a couple of them, I had so many changes within four to five years. So what I wasn't able to digest in the outside world was my relationship that I had with my spouse. And it was the anger that I was internally digesting because of the infidelity in the marriage that I was completely blind to. So when that relationship ended, he moved out. I released 40 extra pounds off my body because I was happy. I quit going to the gym. I quit eating all the food and the diet because it was all based on, I think I'm going to just do what makes me happy in the moment. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I moved to an ashram, which is a spiritual living community to uncover meditation and this mind body connection and what the natural healers were trying to teach me. And after that year of study, what happened then for me was I was unemployable in the financial services world because it was the global recession. So I sacrificed not only my health, but my wealth, as well as all of my relationships within a four to a five year time period. It was just like this huge domino effect. And when I was done, it was like, okay, I guess I'm going to dedicate my life to this other pathway because that's where the doors and the opportunities were opening and that we need to take this message and share it with the world. Hmm. Yeah. Pretty interesting. So, you know, we were talking in the green room about finding happiness. Um, I call it an inside job. You say finding happiness from the inside, <laughs> Yes. but I always think everything's an inside job. You know, it starts with us. We have to put our mask on first, right? We hear it all the time. We do. So tell us a little bit about this inside job, because there are a lot of people, even still, as we're recording this, you know, we're, we are going back into the masks, mm-hmm. which I didn't think was going to happen. You know, we're wearing masks again in a lot of States. You won't be, cause you guys are in a great state that you won't be doing it, but we do, we do here. And so people are saying, yay, I'm free from the pandemic. And now all of a sudden I'm constricted again. What is this going to mean? You know, we went through a period of time where we were all kind of just saying, not all, but, you know, just saying, what do I do? How do I transition? How do I pivot? What do I want? I don't know. Am I depressed? You know, like all those things that everybody went through and then feeling like you're coming out of it only to be kind of yanked back in. So what are some strategies that you can share with our audience in helping them say to be resilient from that using that inside theory? Well, happiness is on the inside. And one of the things that I learned about that was I had an employer years ago who came in and every so often, are you happy? Are you happy? Hmm. Instead of how you doing, right? Are you happy? And it got to the point that it didn't matter what, if I saw the person, my first thought was, am I happy? And I had all of these answers, like I'm 87% happy. Well, I'm happy except for this. Or right. I was happy yesterday. Today could be better. I caught myself focusing on the unhappiness. Yeah. So when we focus our thoughts and our energy on what we don't want, we're going to get more of what we don't want. Mm-hmm. And I wanted happiness, not the unhappiness. So I started keeping a happiness journal and I started writing down at the end of every day, all my happy moments, because if I was focusing on happiness, then I was going to receive more happiness. Now with the pandemic and the masks and what states and all of that, yes, you can choose unhappiness by complying with your state laws and the mandates, 
Or you can ask yourself, where's the happiness in this moment? Because in every single moment, every frequency, every possibility exists. And it's just that you're focusing on the unhappiness part of it instead of the happiness. Now, I live in a state where that may not, probably won't come back into play about us wearing masks, but last year we did. Mm -hmm. So what did I do during that last year? Well, my happiness was on the inside. I went and did activities where I could, where I didn't have to wear a mask or I stayed home or I worked in my yard or did different things because I wanted to be happy. And I didn't go where they said we had to have masks. I just chose not to because I was choosing me and I was choosing my own happiness. Mm -hmm. But happiness is on the inside first. And to make somebody or something or an environment responsible for your happiness on the outside, you're just giving your power to it. Uh, Yeah. 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 So I know that the happiness emotion is tied to money. So tell us a little bit about your perspective on the money piece of this. And, you know, recently I can say from my own personal experience, just I'm traveling quite a bit in my own personal experience. It's funny last year when COVID started, the buzzword was leadership. And I think that's mm-hmm. already transcended. People have talked about leadership, moving from management to leadership, you know, in your relationships and lead yourself and lead everything. And this year, what I'm hearing is manifest greatness, manifest, manifest, this word of manifestation of whether it's happiness, happiness to get money. And it's funny because everyone who talks about it says it's not sitting and going, I want money. I want money. I'm happy that I want money. I want money. Where's the money? Right. But yet no one really has a solution on how to attract that. So I'm hoping you're going to be the one who can answer that question because I've been asking lots of people, how do you manifest money with a positive attitude, right? What I do is part of what I teach and what I share with other people. And it's all about being in a vibrational alignment. So if you're asking for money or more money, because we think it's going to bring us happiness, then money is at the center of your core being your divine essence. Now, I don't know about you, but money's outside of me. And if we happiness comes on the inside, then we have to return it to the happiness to our core divine being that divine essence on the inside. Well, how do we do that? Well, first we have to be in vibrational alignment. And when we're in vibrational alignment, the money happens on the outside. So our subconscious records everything as an event and it's assigning emotions and feelings to those events. It happens from the day you're born to the day you exit this earth. You're not going to shut it off. It's how our brain works. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is our awareness is only about 10% right. of the feelings and emotions associated yeah. with the event. So we're here asking here, I want more money, thinking we're going to be happy, but deep down on the core, there's some emotion that got associated with an event where you may have felt unworthy or unappreciated or undervalued. which are the same words we use in the financial services world, Mm -hmm. by the way. Yeah. And if you didn't feel like you were enough on the inside, chances are you're not going to have enough money on the outside. So your thought is, I would like more money. I want more money. But yet the feeling, the 90% energetically is going, I don't feel worthy of money. I feel less than I feel lack. So what I teach people how to do is how to shift that vibrational frequency that got stuck in the event when they were a child, change it to a higher frequency because Everything exists all at the same time. And when that happens, you come in alignment. So when you think I want more money, the feeling that 90% is already there to the 10%. So you get results hundred percent of the time. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love that. And I know there's a lot of energy work going on now, especially that people, it is funny. People are finally, I've said for years and years, slow down to speed up, stop instead of speeding up to slow down. And we were all kind of forced to slow down. And what it did is it raised the awareness of energy and frequency. And a lot of people are talking about that now. There's just, it's just kind of everywhere. And people who work in the woo-woo world, right? It's gone from woo-woo, that the terminology woo-woo to mindset and energy work and healing. And, and people are just more accepting of it. So I want to know for someone who's listening to this and they might be going through a transition because people are still transitioning in a lot of different ways right now. They're still going through some type of a transition. Um, how do they capture the emotional intelligence? I know you said you did a happiness journal. I wrote that down because I do a gratitude journal, which is different than a happiness journal. As you started saying it, I'm like, wait a minute, they're the same. And then you finished. And I said, no, they aren't. So it's kind of cool. And uh, so if they're going through this transition, you know, a lot of times in transitions, we're using our brain, right? We're using our head heart as what I call it. Cause we have three hearts, right? So they're using their head heart and they're thinking that the transition and the decisions that they're going to make are all related to their IQ, right? Their intellectual quotient. And we talked a little bit about this in the green room is that emotional, and I've done a lot of work in this too, but the EQ that you have, your emotional intelligence actually correlates directly to success or making money or your happiness, right? There's a lot of things because you have this barrier. I wouldn't say it's a wall, but it's like this beautiful barrier that protects you from reacting to other people. So what advice do you give them as they're making this transition to tap into that intellectual quotient, but also tap into the emotional quotient as well as they're making that change so that the change becomes the best thing that ever happened to them? Right. So the very first step is awareness and awareness is the key. So one of the things that I do, I do this naturally, but every so often I still set a timer on my phone and every couple of hours when it goes off, I stop whatever I'm doing and I assess how I feel. Do I feel happy? Do I feel stressed? Do I feel worried? Am I anxious or am I in gratitude? And once I assess my actual feeling inside, it tells me the energy that 90% that's going out, that's coming back to me. And If I want to change that, then I invoke a breathing exercise that I use on myself. So I look the opposite. So say there's anger, maybe I want to be in kindness or I want to have productivity or more focus or clarity, whatever my positive word is. And so when you breathe in, you're breathing in the oxygen, all of the good things that your body needs. And when you breathe out, you breathe out all of the toxins that the body doesn't need. So when I breathe in, I breathe in my good positive word, kindness, and I breathe out the negative word, anger, stress, worry, whatever it is. And I just keep repeating the same words when I breathe in kindness, anger. And I do that over and over and over for the next two to three minutes. Then I come back to work. I'm more productive. I have more focus. I have more clarity. I shifted physiologically a little bit inside of me. Now, a couple hours later, that same feeling, the stress worry might come back, but it's a conscious way, an awareness way to start working through some of those emotions and tying that back into that EQ and then intellectually overriding so you don't get those lower emotions stuck into the event that you're working on. So if you're paying your bills and it's constant stress while you're paying your bills, 
you might want to stop every yeah. like two minutes yeah. and shift that yeah. energy out of the stress into something different. Yeah. Otherwise, every time you pay your bills, you're just going to automatically go into stress mode. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Or, you know, I think this is important too, you know, in relationships, because every time you drive home, if you're working away from the house, but if you're driving home and you get stressed as you're getting home, then you might need to sit in your car and do this exercise before you walk through the door and take it out on the kids and your wife or your husband or whatever, it might be that situation that's causing it too. And, you know, that awareness I think is really key. And transition times are so hard. (laughs) Work, car, home, and you need that minute or two space. Absolutely. Those are the best times. Those are yeah. the very best times. You are right. Yeah. I'm so glad that you're validating that for me because I share that with my coaching clients. And it was something I did too years ago is that, you know, I did mortgage loans. So I was on the phone all the way home from work. So work didn't stop at work. It was all the way home. And a lot of times I was walking in the door, waving and whatevering, hugging, telling people to be quiet as I was still working, right? Walking through the door. And I started doing, it's really where my gratitude journal started. I started just saying, let me just write down three bulleted gratitudes and I'll sit in my car and I'll talk to my client until I'm done. And sometimes I sat in my car for like 45 minutes. (laughs) My kids will look at it. Yeah, she's still in the car because I wasn't ready to come in and be the mom and the wife and whatever that I needed to be. And I just stop and I take some breaths and I write down those three gratitudes right before I walked in just to give me a buffer in my transition. and, And Here's another thing I was going to say. I'm in a mastermind, an incredible mastermind, and we had a neuroscientific doctor or something coming in. I, I don't know. Maybe it was from NASA for all I know. <laughs> I don't remember. But you know, we live in this constant state of flight or fight or freeze, right? I mean, it's like fight, flight, or freeze. And we don't breathe. I don't know how many times I'm on my coaching calls and I see my clients and they're not breathing. They're talking. They're going, yeah, I'm breathing because I'm not dead. And I go, yeah, but I haven't seen you take a breath. I haven't seen you take in. And he was talking about similar breathing pattern that you're talking about a little bit different, but you know how just focusing on our breathing takes us out of that state of fight, flight, or freeze. It allows us to be sort of woken back up again, you know, takes us out of the zombieism and wakes us back up to be present and feel how we're feeling. And we got the breasts as well. And it's so good for our liver and our lungs. (laughs) So all of you. Yes, absolutely. All of us. So, you know, I just wanted to share that too, because as people are listening to us, I'm wondering if they're breathing Mm -hmm. as they're listening, they may be kind of breathing, but you'll notice during any interview that I'm doing, I'm taking in big Mm -hmm. breaths yeah. I'm blowing them out as I go along, but it's not because I'm stressed it's because I'm pulling in as much oxygen as I can you know, to keep me, my energy level high for all of these interviews, that I do. <laughs> <laughs> these interviews that I do. Okay. So someone who is, they have an emotional negative, emotional relationship with money. Yes. Let's talk about money specifically, not just, oh, I want to manifest it. Or if I'm paying bills, how I feel, but How does someone change their relationship with money? That is a great question. And it always goes back to how you feel, but it really goes back to childhood. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning of Financially Fit, the book that I put together, it talks about that because when we're little, we are mostly in a theta brainwave. So we're learning energetically up to about the age of seven or eight and how our parents interacted with money gave us a pattern to operate by to how we interact with money. 
So one of the very things to change your relationship with money or change your pattern with money is to look and see the relationship your parents had with money and how they acted and responded with it. So my parents taught me that money was not to be talked about. It was a secret and it was only a conversation that you had between you and your spouse and nobody else because nobody else is supposed to know. Well, when I looked at that, what it was, was money was an embarrassment Hmm. to my parents because they didn't have money and they often needed help with money, especially where we were living and help did come and everything, but it was just this embarrassment. Well, money is not an embarrassment. It's a tool to use. So how would you rather feel about money? So that was some of my own inner work that I had to do for me on that because of how it got encoded within me. So my relationship with money was embarrassing and that needed to change. And it's through the process of recognizing that, well, I didn't need money to be an embarrassment. What did I need money to be for me? Money needed to be vibrant and abundant and prosperous. And by shifting and changing that frequency in the mind, which happens in the synapse between the two neurons, through the process that I learned from a medicine woman, you create instantaneous change when you change the feeling around the events. And a lot of people get caught up in a lot of different emotions because of what they're taught. We're little, we ask for something in the store. Our parents says no. We don't understand why they said no. We just know that we wanted the item because we wanted to feel loved. They said no, because there may not have been money, but it left you feeling unworthy of even asking for any of your needs, for example. So what did you really need at that time? You might've needed compassion. You might've needed understanding, someone to share or explain it to you. So when you start looking at it from that point of view and make those mind shifts inside, which I use through meditation, then it will encode the event differently because in every moment, every possibility exists. And then you have understanding and compassion rather than the lack or unworthiness. So for me, the process is always the same in changing frequency, but each person's a little bit different to what their needs were and to what they were taught. And that is the fastest, most simplest way to start changing your relationship with money is by changing those early childhood experience. So what if you don't, I mean, I'm assuming, and I don't know, I'm trying to figure out how I want to ask this question. As you're explaining that, that is not the case for my son. That is not the case for his children, right? They don't talk about money and that's because they have a lot of it. They don't let their kids have things in the grocery store because they're training them or teaching them to not to have the instant gratification, right? And to save, right? How do you know as an adult, whether or not Mm -hmm. your relationship with money needs to be changed? How do you know that it would need to be changed? Because if this person, you know, my granddaughter comes through this process and she's comes to be your age and she looks back at hers and they were quiet because they had money. How would she know that that has to change or does it? So what are some triggers for us to know whether or not we actually need work on this? Right. And it's all based on how the person feels. So the daughter might think just for an example, well, we couldn't talk about it. We had to keep it quiet because we had lots of money and it was embarrassing because not everybody else had money, Mm -hmm. for example. And she had a brother and he's like, 
Well, no, it's just who we were. We were quiet. We wanted to keep the peace and have balance. So it's all based on how the person perceives it because it's all based on perception. So there's five main emotions that we go through. There's fear, Mm -hmm. anger, and sadness. And in those lower three emotions, all other feelings stem from it. So from fear, from sadness, from anger, we'll have resentment, we'll have rage, we'll have grief, we'll have loneliness, we'll have embarrassment, all of those things. So if it's a lower vibrating emotion, we'll want to shift it to one of the two higher emotions. One, the next one, fourth one would be happiness, which is the doorway to love. So if you grew up in that environment and it brought you nothing but complete happiness, doesn't need to change because you have that frequency already set in place with the relationship of money. Right. So it's all based on perception. It's all based on how the person feels and only that person themselves knows what that feels like. And if it needs to change, if it's in balance and you're at peace and everything is feeling really good, you don't need to change it because you're already in those higher emotions. You only want to change it if it's in the lower. Yep. I get that. I understand that now. Thank you for sharing. (laughs) Because I mean, I didn't come from that. I came from very poor and we were ashamed that we didn't have any money. Ours was a scarcity. It was always scarcity. We don't have the money. We don't have that extra 15 cents for that piece of candy. We don't have, we don't have. So it was always that. And so that's always been sort of ingrained in me is the 10% that says, Hey, I want to be successful, et cetera. And then the 90% that's saying, Oh no, you know, you aren't worthy of it. It's scarce. So as soon as you get it, it's probably not going to stay long. So be careful. And there's all that kind of work. And I've been through all that work, by the way, but yeah, I mean, I had to definitely go through that work. So, okay. So what else would you like to share with everyone as this, as it relates to this, because I know you're trying to make a big impact in the world and that's why success to significance, right? It's how we make that impact. What else would you like to share with our listeners in relation to happiness, emotion, money, and emotion, and all of those different categories? Be cautious of the words that you use because everything has vibrational frequency. And I would like to bring awareness that a lot of times the words that we use on our inside to who we are as an energy being is how we describe the financial money system. So when clients were telling me, you know, I just want to feel worthy or that I'm enough or that I wanted to feel appreciated when I was little, totally unrelated to money in the money world as a financial advisor, here's your net worth, your portfolio value is your assets appreciated. And do you have enough money to fund X, Y, Z goal? And if you didn't feel like you were enough on the inside, you didn't have enough on the outside. Mm -hmm. It was a direct correlation And so what we don't understand or that we don't see is, is that a lot of the words that we have in our society directly ties back to our divine essence and be careful of our self-sabotaging afterthoughts. When you manifest and create something, don't cancel it. There's other words. Judgment is one of those. We get into judgment, but you can have a judgment or a lien against your house. We have judges in the world. There's also, gosh, a couple of the other words. When we blame, we're blaming something outside of us. So we're giving our power away. Envy, we have phrases green with envy, jealousy, all of those things tie directly into our money supply and our money is green. And then on the flip side, there's prosperity doors and that's faith, trust, and belief. Mm -hmm. And those are the three key elements in everything to have everything that you want. Yeah. I love it. I love it. There's so much deep work into something that on the surface seems so nominal, 
Mm-hmm. It really does. I mean, it's something that everyone talks about. Everyone doesn't talk about. You do or you don't, right? It's one of those don't talk politics, money, or religion, right? <laughs> when you're talking other people. So here you are out there talking about something that people generally don't want to talk about. But there is a lot of depth to that. And there is a lot of energy frequency around it. And I see that all the time. You know, I see it all the time. In fact, my daughter, and I won't use their names, right? (laughs) My daughter's going through that. She's like, you know, I feel like I'm on a treadmill because I go two steps ahead and then my car breaks down. Then I go two steps ahead and then my husband loses his job. And then I go two steps ahead and then my dishwasher breaks. And But listen to yourself. You're Mm -hmm. creating a pattern of expecting that, right? And that's, I think, where her challenge is right now is trying to level level up that frequency. And I think you do get trapped in it. So I love your exercise of increasing the awareness. So if this were me, and it is, I mean, but if I were listening to this, I'd be making sure that I put some timers on my phone. I'd be making sure that at the end of the day that I'm writing happiness and happiness journal, maybe I'm starting my day like that too, because sometimes we go to sleep at night with some worries, but that's when our subconscious works the most and we have the resolution in the morning. So let's celebrate that. If you have the solution in the morning, then let's celebrate it. But, and breathing, right? So breathing, happiness journal, really increasing the awareness of how you feel at any given moment and how you can turn the tables on the 90-10 rule or the 10-90 rule. Any other last minute tips that would help people to take action? Well, I'm going to share with you a mantra that I wrote during all of those difficult hard times that I went through that we talked about in the very beginning. And to this day has still helped me anytime anything feels a little hard or a little stressful. And it is trust and you will see, believe, and you will know, have faith, all is well. Follow your heart and spirit will lead you each and every time that happens. So it's faith, trust, and belief. So that's the vibrations we need to be in energetically because that opens up the doorway to the happiness, to the love, and to create the life instantaneously that you want to live. That's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Donna, for sharing with us. So I know that people are going to say, how do I get in touch with you? So I want to make sure that we have a lot of links in the show notes. I know that you are giving a gift away to our listeners. So tell us a little bit about the gift. And we'll have the link obviously in the show notes for that. Yes. It's the top five secrets to becoming financially fit and some of the life lessons that I've learned. And it's just a digital download that allows you to see some of the top five more things that you can do to get on track to becoming financially fit. Oh my gosh. What a great way to start us off, right? You're the gun at the beginning of the race, just going, (laughs) right. (laughs) Popping us out. So that's beautiful. If someone wants, it says, okay, well, that's really good, but I just want to give her a call because I need to figure out what my frequency is vibrating at. Am I a mess? Am I not a mess? Am I okay? And they want to get a hold of you. What is the best way to get a hold of you? In the United States, if you text the word manifesting to 26786, again, manifesting to 26786, that's going to connect you directly to me to schedule a complimentary 30-minute consultation on that. It's also going to connect you to several of my social media, Instagram and Facebook, and also to my website, which is just DonnaCampbell.com. That's awesome. (laughs) Thank you so much. Okay. So I have one last question for you. This is kind of like a fun thing. I like doing this every once in a while. Sometimes I say, you know, if I visited Montana, what would we be doing? But I'm not going to ask you that today. I'm going to ask you 
What's your favorite comfort food? Oh, my favorite comfort food. <laughs> Gosh, I'm the pizza and ice cream kind of category. <laughs> now, for your ice cream, is it just a couple scoops of ice cream? Or when you were in comfort, it's like, what can I put on it? What do we have laying around the house so I can make it as ooey gooey as possible? <laughs> it's just the ice, usually just the ice cream, but it has to have like six kinds of chocolate already in the ice cream. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So that's how you'll make up for it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I like asking just some kind of random questions because it is just kind of funny things and funny thing. Here's another question I'll ask you when you eat corn on the cob, do you go right and left like a typewriter or do you roll around? Oh, I go, oh my gosh, it depends. (laughs) I go left to right. Yeah. And then after I go down a little bit and then over, so it creates a space. Oh, really? if you go straight across, you have corn above and below. And I like to have right. a like Oh my gosh, it. isn't that funny? Yeah, <laughs> it's one of those weird things that I look at people and I'm like, huh, I wonder what makes people do that. <laughs> These are funny questions that I just ask all the time. Oh, you know, I love it. But I wonder why people <laughs> never do that. I thought about it, but yes. That's, I know. That's next funny. time, everybody who's listening to this, I just enacted your reticular activator. Next time you see someone eating corn, you're going to think of this podcast and you're going to say, Huh. I wonder why they eat their corn that way. And I also know people who cut it off and eat it because of how their teeth are. Yeah. My dad used to. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for sharing today. I learned so much. I mean, this is a space that I'm just real excited about. You know, I, I love tactical and strategy, but I also love this mindset piece. And it's something that I've been working on for the last several years. And I just really appreciate you sharing that with us. And I knew that that's the way to do a podcast is mix it up a little bit. So when people come on, they don't really know what to expect, but they end up leaving with something. So we hope that everyone's left with something here. We hope that you've left with something, Donna, as well, that you can grow from and experience from just in the giving that you've given to us. Hopefully you've received as well. So I thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. And everybody, I just want to say thank you again for joining us. This is your first time. Welcome to our community. And if you've been an avid listener for years, thank you so much for your patronage. We really appreciate it. If you're listening on an iPhone, just scroll down and give us a great five-star rating and take a few minutes just to write a quick review about this episode of the podcast and what you really liked about this episode with Donna Campbell. We appreciate that so much. And we look forward to catching you next week on the next episode of Success to Significance. We'll see you soon. You've been listening to Success to Significance with Jen Duplessis, the number one podcast for people wanting to give more value and make an impact. Loved this episode? Be sure to subscribe right now at www.jenduplessis.com slash S2S for more stories, strategies, and thoughts to help you gain significance and success. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Join us next week for another breakthrough episode. Thank you for listening.